0: Everyone and welcome to the Eagle Community Church of Christ Podcast. Here from Mont Bellevue, Texas, I'm John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister here, and we're so glad that you have found our podcast. We'd like to invite you to our church anytime you have a chance. Check us out eaglechurchofchrist.com or Facebook.com/slash Eagle Community Church of Christ. Today we talk about boasting in God. Uh, boasting or confidence, as we talked about last week, may sound like bad words, but that's, uh, those things are things Scripture talks about. And so today we focus on Romans 5, 1 through 11, where uh, Paul talks about boasting in who God is. And so today, that's our focus. Again, thank you for joining us. Come see us sometime. There it was. There it was. We, uh, we tried to uh, see if it would do that before service, and it would not. We were all prepared at that point, but of course now it does it. Good morning. Glad you're all here. Uh, a lot of you slipped in afterward. We, we thought we were going to have worship service for about 10 people, uh, and you all just uh, continued to, to file in here. Um, but again, we are, again, thankful that, that you're here. Gabby, you guys walked in late. I, I questioned the whole baby sprinkle thing, like, no, we need a full shower. Uh, <laughs> diapers are expensive, I mean, right? <laughs> So I ask about that, but I uh, last last week we talked about just three verses in Hebrews chapter four, and I said we weren't starting a series, and I, I plan to honor that. But I, uh, after some feedback last week, I did kind of want to do a, a follow up to that sermon um, I, because I one of the most important things that you can do for me is to give me feedback about your experiences about what you've been taught. If you're in our small groups, you know that I will, I will ask questions around that, that kind of, what have you been taught? What is your experience around these verses? Uh, because when you come to a new place, all, all I bring is my experiences and what I think has probably happened. And so it's, it's almost like fishing and trying to figure out, all right, does this connect with people? And so when we read last week from uh, Hebrews chapter four, and we read this, uh, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Uh, I knew for a lot of you, or I assumed, uh, because it has been my experience, that when we talk about having confidence before God about our salvation, that wasn't something that you were used to. Uh, my wife grew up Baptist. Now, that was she, she felt secure in her salvation. Uh, they taught that, the, really the only thing we were good at, m- me, uh, talking about me, growing up was to tell other people why they shouldn't be secure in their salvation. I mean, that was kind of our forte. You know, here's why you shouldn't be. But then we come to a verse like this in the Hebrews uh, 4, and you say, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. And with some of you, you're, you're, I'm, I'm guessing, you come to this and you read it and you go, how would I ever do that? Because the conversation then quickly switches to, uh, we know ourselves, do we not? Uh, During our small group on Wednesday night, I I ended up, uh, somebody made a point, and uh, I think I ended up preaching a little bit. Uh, Because I think what we do is, is we read a verse like this, and we know ourselves so well. And we know we are not sinless people. And so what we immediately do is think of all the faults that we have, all the struggles that we have, and we continue to have, day after day, right? And you look at this and you think I could never have confidence. And I think at worst what we can do when we when we have those thoughts is to immediately think nobody else is like me. Like I feel isolated, I feel alone because I know my struggles. If everyone else just knew what I struggled with, you know, they would think less of me. And one thing uh, this is one of the reasons I won't everybody in small groups is because you can you can connect, you can have these conversations. And one of the things I told my small group is I have no desire to sit and be like kind of what I experienced growing up. And what I experienced growing up is, it, you know, you had to hide your sin. Okay, I have to keep those from you because you might use those against me. I have no desire to be that kind of person. I want to be open because you know what happens when you confess your sins. Oh, by the way, that the book that we read from tells us to do. Because then as soon as you confess that sin, all of a sudden you realize, okay, he's struggling with that. She's struggling with that. And then all of a sudden you realize, I'm not alone. We we are in this together. We have these struggles that we, we, we can come together and find encouragement from one another because we have opened up and we have shared those things. And so that's the kind of person... Uh, that I want to be, this kind of minister uh, I want to be, and I will be. I said I said <laughs> Wednesday night, maybe I shouldn't say this out loud, but I said, I have no problem if one day I am uh, let go because I have shared, hey, here's a struggle I have. I have no problem with that. Because I would much rather be a guy who's open and honest, and you know who I am, than putting on a facade every time we come together. Okay, And so, uh, I believe if leadership can have that kind of attitude, that then the church can have that kind of attitude, and the Spirit of God can do amazing things right here in this place because we have taken out all the, the, the fakeness. Our world is not just turning away from uh, religion because we don't want religion. Our, our world and what you're seeing with a lot of young people is they're turning away from religion because the the fakeness that we have put into it. And people want to be associated and a part of something real. And a lot of times what they see is the fakeness, the mask we put on as we come to church. I have no desire to, to be that. Uh, my desire is to show you always who I am. And so um, when we come to this, I think all of those, those ideas come into play. Who I am, what I struggle with. Yeah, you don't know some things. And so how in the world would I ever come with confidence? And so I want you to, uh, if you're taking notes, I want you to write these verses down. Last week, we covered three verses. Today, we're going to cover Romans 5, 1 through 11. And so this is kind of a, um, I don't know, just an associated passage uh, that, that says something else that might make you a little uncomfortable if you were raised kind of the way I was, that you could never have Uh, a sense of security. And and again, just to remind you what we said last week, it's you don't come to, to God with confidence. You don't sit before God's throne saying, God, this is the way I have worked and the way you owe me. You come to God's throne with confidence because not of who you are, but it's about who he is and what he has done. And that's the difference. That's the distinction. And so when we think a lot of times we come with confidence, we think individual I deserve it, right? That's that's where we go. But here, as we're talking about, it is about what God has done, who he is and what he's done for you already. And so we're going to talk more about that today. Romans 5, 1 through 11. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast... Anybody done some boasting this week like this? And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So two weeks in a row John's talking about confidence and boasting. You didn't think you could do either one of those, did you? So let's talk about this for just a second. Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. I hope you're experiencing that, but my my experience says that's another one of those things we're kind of eh, in turmoil about. That you have a peace with God. Again, not just who you are, it's who he is. That we have, because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we have peace in God. We have been justified through faith. If you back up a chapter here in Romans, uh, what Paul is doing, he's making an argument about Abraham. We talked about it when we talked about Abraham's faith. And the whole thing, Paul's whole argument in the previous chapter is about how Abraham was justified through before he did anything at all because he had faith in God. He had that trust, not just a mental belief. Oh yeah, I know. I believe in God. No, he had that pure trust in God and he was justified then. And then he said, not even, you know, it wasn't until circumcision. It was before, which would have made them go, oh no. Okay. Because most of us think, okay, it has to be about what I do. Now we'll talk about faith and works and how those go into it and we talk about having faith, we've had a sermon, we've talked about it multiple times, that that means more than just mental belief. What it means is I have a trust so that I do all of these things, right? That if I say I trust God, that means something. I've got to change my life. There are some things I'm not going to do because of my faith in God, right? And that is what true faith is. It's not just sitting down and saying, oh, I believe. It is, well, when somebody tells you something who you have complete trust in, you do what they say, right? You, you believe them, okay? You don't just say, yeah, that's great. I trust you. I'm not going to actually get up and move off these train tracks right now, but I trust you. It's just ridiculous, right? But here, because of the faith, because we have been justified because of our faith through Jesus, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Now, you remember when we talked about um, the way God has come and lived with us? This is kind of tabernacle, temple language right here. Remember earlier, you know, it was only the high priest that had access to the Holy of Holies to get the closest to God. Remember that? Everybody could be in the courtyard, you know, uh, a few could be inside, and, and only the, the high priest could be in the Holy of Holies. Here, this is that same kind of language, through whom we have gained access to by faith into his grace. We have to remember his grace, don't we? Sometimes we get caught up with talking about all the, uh, man, I've got to do this, and it almost feels like a burden to live the Christian life. It becomes about what I do or do not do. And we forget we have access into his grace and praise God for that. We, uh, I was taught a lot of very unhelpful, like, visual images about grace growing up. Like, grace is uh, you're over this, you know, cavern, you're over this big pit, and you go so far, and then God picks you up at the end, right? Anybody had that visual presented to them before? I need head shaking or something. Some of you are looking at, no, okay, I just need yes or no, it doesn't matter. And so that's that's unhelpful when you look at Scripture, because that's not the picture that Scripture gives you, and, uh, and we're going to talk about that. But it says, because of this grace in which we now stand, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. We can boast in who God is because of his grace he has lavished on us through that faith, through that full trust that we have in him. So it's not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Now, we're going to talk about that in a minute because I don't know how much I glory in my sufferings. It says, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Anybody else just real good at glorying in your sufferings? God, I am glad you have inflicted this on me. Now, I think, um, this is John speaking here, I don't think any biblical writer who wrote these kind of things, you think about Peter uh, in 1 Peter talking about counting it all joy, when you come through these various trials, Uh, I don't think that any of them would would say, hey, you need to be like, you know, cheerful all the time. You need to be like psychopathic in your, you know, ability to put all of these things away like it's not happening to you. I don't think that's the case. But I think we could all say, and I've asked before, you know, how how many of you have lived long enough to get past that thing and to look back and go, oh, that's how God was working that. And then now you look and you say, man, you know, maybe I didn't even wish for this outcome. Maybe I never knew God was going to point me in this direction, but now I see it as a blessing from God. I think that's kind of what they're talking about. I don't think in the moment, as soon as you get that diagnosis or as soon as something happens in your life, you should have a smile on your face. I don't think that's the case here. But I think after the fact, as you go through some things, as you live life, you look back and you understand, okay, I am a better person now. I am more understanding now. I can help in this situation. I can help in that situation because of what I have been through. And that was actually a blessing in some ways. I think that's what he's talking here, talking about here. But again, we're boasting in who God is. And because we go through some things that we understand some some suffering, but we are always moving closer to God. Let's continue reading here. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, why is this an encouragement? Remember, Jesus talked about when he was leaving and the disciples are, you know, upset about him going away. He says, it is better that I go and he comes. Because again, going back to God's dwelling places. The God now, he, he's moved so close to us, he's even sent his son in human form to, to walk with us, and now he says, I'm going to send my spirit to live in you, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And here he says, uh, has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us, that our hope can come from this, that we can boast in God because of what he has done for us and what we experience here. Verse 6 says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We talked about that last week, didn't we? I want to put this on the board in front of you today. When did Christ die for you? Was it right after your baptism, when you were washed by his blood? Is that when Christ died for you? Is that what this says, y'all? While you were still powerless, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He showed God's love because even in our sin, he loves us. Do you know that? Because this is all a part of that same conversation. Because when I understand my own, when I look inside, like, ah, I know the things I struggle with, and I feel isolated. Maybe I feel like I'm the only one. And you kind of beat yourself down. You kind of separate yourself mentally from everyone else. And what that may look like is you show up on a Sunday morning, and you see the family sitting over here. There's nobody sitting right there, so I can point over there. And you think, man, I wish I had it together like they do. Because they're beautiful people. They're always happy. They've just got it going on. We've done that before, haven't we? You've looked at another person. You've looked at another family. like, man, I wish I had it going on like them. But I've got so many struggles. And what we don't know, because we haven't shared those things, is the family over here looking beautiful struggles as well. But we have kind of mentally isolated ourselves so much We haven't had any confidence or boasting because of the struggles we know we have that when we come here, it's actually kind of beating us down a little bit because we think in our minds that they have it all together, which is never the case. But also what we do in that moment is we we feel like we are not worthy of Jesus Christ. We, We know we've let him down. We know we have sinned. And by the way, scripture over and over again tells you you sin. If you say you do not sin, you are a liar, Scripture says. Yes. But somehow we kind of make the connection that because I sin, I'm unworthy. And Scripture says, you know what? By the way, Paul says, it was while you were in your sin that Jesus died for you. Not after, not, you know, the, the joke about, I know I know. We've got, we've got some people not from Churches of Christ originally here and so I'll just tell you this joke. The joke about Church of Christ has always been that the best time for us to die is getting out of the baptistry. Like that's the way we. The only confidence we could have is right out of the water, as we're dripping wet. Hopefully, we don't slip down the stairs, say a bad word, and die. You know, <laughs> you know, right before we die. I mean, the, our lack of confidence was was kind of laughable. That's what other people would say about us, and that, that's pretty accurate from what I grew up, you know, kind of hearing. It wasn't said. Well, that's kind of when we could have confidence. But that's not the case. While you were a sinner, God loved you so much that Jesus was sent for you at this point. Not because of anything you have done. You were, you were powerless. You didn't have any access to anything. You were still in sin. And Jesus was sent for you at this point. Not later. Not when you were perfect, not when you deserved it, not when you'd worked enough or whatever mentally in your head goes on, but while you were in your sin. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath wrath through him? Okay. For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? You get the gist of this verse, these verses here? So the follow-up to the previous, previous slide you looked at, that Jesus was sent while you were in your sin. He said, okay, for if while we were God's enemies, while we were in sin, while we were against God, for if we, uh, we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. He says, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? And if you have this morning, if you're sitting here and you have been baptized into Christ, and, and we know that being baptized, as we read in Scripture, is talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So you're entering that, and, and the blood washes you clean uh, through, through this baptism. And said So if you are reconciled to God when you were his enemy, before all of that, how much more so if you have put on Christ in baptism this morning, does he cover you? Does he take care of you? And that's where our, our confidence comes from. That's where our boasting comes from. Again, not because of what who we are or what we have done, but of how much God loved us. That even while we were sinners, God loved us that much. And now we're a part of his family. And we talked about that last week, that, that even because we're family, you think if you had a good family, some of us didn't, but if you had a good family... It's not you're in and out and in and out, right? I, I kid Evan all the time. You know, he'll, he'll do something. I say, listen, I'm sorry. We're going to have to let you go. Uh, the McCartneys gave us some uh, hand-me-down clothes, which we love, by the way, and thank you. But one of them happened to be an LSU jersey type thing. And Evan loved that I didn't want him putting it on. And so he wore it around the house. I said, listen. I'm sorry, we've got to let you go from the family. (laughs) But if you grew up and you understand what a good family is, you're not always in and out, in and out, right? You're walking on eggshells all the time thinking, I'm going to be excused from this family. And that's exactly what Paul is talking about right here. How much more so now that you have been cleansed, you have been entered into this, uh, this relationship with God, Does he take care of you? Does he cover you? You can walk with confidence because God loves you and Jesus has died for you. And when you enter that relationship with him, you're a part of that family and it's a good family. You're not always in and out, in and out. Now, can you walk away? Yes. You can choose to walk away. And I think that's what scripture shows us that uh is that you know, this picture of not always about to fall off the edge but you can choose you can make the choice to walk away. I don't believe that that once you are uh, in that state, you know scripture talks about falling from grace, but it's not a accidental thing. It's uh, you know what? I don't I don't want this anymore. And so I believe that can happen. But what Christ church needs to know is that If you follow him, if you've been baptized into his name, if you have started that relationship with him, this is you right now. You are reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more having been reconciled, you've been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life, through what he did. Notice, not, not what you did, through his life and what he did. It finishes this way, not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, not boasting in ourselves. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. To me, this is another encouragement from Scripture. Because though this has been sitting here uh, every day of your life, for a lot of us, we haven't been taught these kind of things. Confidence, boasting, those were all negative things. Things we had to tell other people not to do, right? Or if you ever felt confident or maybe a little boastful about, you know, this, it was, you, know, you need to step back a minute. Because you should be on shaky ground. You feel like in and out, in and out. But Paul is fighting against this. And so I hope today that you walk away from this place understanding because of your place in the family of God, you can walk away confident, understanding that he loves you and you're going to live with him one day. And if you understand that, you walk in a little different way throughout the week. You walk understanding, okay, I'm confident of where I am. How many of you just like instability in life? I mean, we've been a little more uh, unstable here. But I guarantee you at Lakewood, some of you had some nests, didn't you? Like there were some seats that had stuff. You know, you probably had something for every temperature on the thermostat. You had your fan. You had your, you know, I mean, we don't like instability, right? We want to, I want to go to the place. I want to know my seat's there. I want to know, you know, that's what I want. And a lot of our Christian lives has been, man, I just, I don't know. I don't know whether I'm in today. I am out because I know my struggles. And all Paul is saying here, before Abraham did any of that, because of his faith, he was justified. And how much more so because of what Jesus did for you. You've been reconciled to him. You're in. So walk with him. First John will say, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Christ continually cleanses you. You don't need continual cleansing if you're walking a perfect life. You understand that? Scripture understands us. God understands us because of sending his son to die for us and walk right alongside of us. As we talked about last week, that Jesus was tempted just as we are. We had the same temptation. And so it's not about being perfect all the time. We strive to. But Scripture understands. God understands that we're not. He still loves us anyway. So this morning, if you haven't begun that relationship that we've talked about throughout this sermon, today is the day that you begin that walk. I want you to begin that and to be able to walk in confidence, to be able to boast in in your status before God. Not again, not because of you, but because of him. Because as we sang last week, God is so good. Will you follow him? Will you love him? Because he... Is loving you even while you are in your sin. I want to offer an invitation this time. Uh, we'd love to watch you begin that relationship, or maybe you need to repair it. Ask God to uh, forgive you of some things. We'd love to walk side by side with you because we've all been there, and we all will be in any part of our life. So, would you come right now as we stand?